again. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good day to you, sir. Hey, how are you today? What's going on? Um, well, <clears throat> I have uh, bees that are infiltrating the studio. Wow. <laughs> I have to uh, talk to an employee uh, about, you know, and potentially even uh, fire uh, that employee. So, um, you know, yeah, I've got a lot on my plate. Uh, <laughs> not to mention everything else that I'd already scheduled for myself today to do. I know, right? And, uh, and you know, it's interesting. I, I, I want to talk about, and we have a topic about, you know, the mindset behind students when they quit, but also we had talked about two options today, um, you know, shedding the anchors of mindsets that we've been trained or we've been triggered to understand or react. Like, for example, um, someone says, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a, a saying, and, uh, and in our mind it, it creates a imagination of the way things are. Like, you know, for example, categorizing people. And I get furious about this on the Internet. And I've fought many battles with people who have racist comments. And, you know, they might say white people do this and Jewish people do that or Indians do this. And then I fight with them over that and I say that's a racist comment. And they say, no, it's not. It's not racist. It's, uh, it's the truth. And I go, you can't categorize an entire race of people. <laughs> Say they act a specific way. You know, Jews are this way, Buddhists are that way, Christians are this way. You can't do that. Everyone is individualized. So, but in our mind, we've been trained throughout life to think a specific way, right? Or, right? Does that make sense? Oh, well, it does. I've, from you know, your obviously your environment to upbringing, and then as you become an adult, obviously you have to make the decision on whether you're going to. Um, allow things to affect you in, in, in those ways or not. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, who, who was it? I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt that said that uh, no one can make you feel inferior unless you, um, you know, give them permission. Right, right. And, yeah, I, but we don't understand that, especially when you're a young kid, you don't understand that. You know, you want approval from parent or sibling or, or whoever it is. And, and uh, so, you know, you can't consciously understand or grip that, that, you know, and heck, I can even remember being a young adult um, and still wanting approval from uh, people until I decided, you know, that I, I don't necessarily need their approval. I'd like it, but it's not going to define who I am. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing. So, so uh, you know, this is actually like it, it could have been two calls, but it actually is one call. Um, so I'm, you know, we were going to do it as two separate calls, but it's now kind of like melding together. So um, interestingly enough, you know, so we have anchors about the way we think. Like, for example, I, and I've talked about this on another call that we did, where when I was a young kid, somewhere, and I don't know when, may I need to meditate and try to remember when, um, someone probably like a girlfriend of mine was going to break up with me, and she said to me, um, you know, later we have to talk. And then later when we talk, he said, it's over, you know. So now whenever someone says to me, we have to talk later, I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to talk right now. We need to discuss this right now because I, for the next four hours that I'm waiting in my head, I'm running this movie of the worst case scenario. And I've had a few situations where people said we have to talk later and it ruined my entire day. And then they said something as little as, um, you know, I just want to let you know your, your team is doing an amazing job. And I'm like, I, I literally let out a whole uh, breath of air that I've been holding on to because in my mind, I my anchors trained me to think a specific way. Yeah, think of the worst, right? Exactly, and it doesn't have to be like I talked about now. Now is the 
It's the end of summer for us. I'm frustrated and depressed because I love my pool and I, and I want the weather to stay nice. And, you know, the winter to me has always been about, you know, when I was in the landscape business, saving my, my money and finishing off as many jobs as possible and doing whatever I can to survive over the next four months because I would just shut down and literally hibernate. My company would go into limbo and I would wait until the weather went away and then the grass started growing again. So now even with the smell of the fall coming, I could find myself feeling tense just waking up to a cool afternoon and, uh, or morning, and I start feeling tense, and I have to remind myself I am no longer a landscaper. I haven't done that job in years, but I, that anchor is within me, and I need to shed it, and, and I need to constantly remind myself that I no longer have it. I haven't had it for forever. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, it's the perception that you have, and we all <clears> – <throat> There are certain smells, you know, that happen. Like yeah, even like with my wife, uh, certain songs will play, and it'll take her back to a uh, a certain era in her. And I don't have that problem, by the way, because uh, <laughs> yeah. like she says, I have no emotion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, she'll be taken back to a certain time in her life when that song had come out, and she can remember those things. And which sometimes I wish I could do that, and others I I'm glad that I I don't I don't have that anchor. Um, you know, but it's so true. We, there are things that happen in our lives and that come up that, you know, we resort back to this um, incident that happened or this situation that happened, or we expect that X, Y, or Z will occur because, you know, it follows the same pattern as something else that had happened in our life. I, I can remember uh, when I bought my partners out and of course I was quite scared, but I, I did not want to have the doom and gloom outlook on business. And so I decided that uh, when everybody would ask me, how's everything going? I would say, oh, business is booming. Whether it was booming or not, I wanted everybody to know that it was booming. And, you know, some people might say that that's lying, but I kind of adopted what Zig Ziglar says with regards to that's just telling the truth in advance. Um, right. And <laughs> because, you know, I don't want it to always be uh, – uh, dull and not moving forward. So I'm, you know, I, I'm going to act as if it isn't, um, but not in a way that I don't, um, you know, I don't know what reality is, if that makes sense. No, you know, what's interesting though, and it's a philosophy and we're getting a little uh, philosophical in this, in this call because we're talking about the psychology of, of a person's mind. So when you say things like, you know, and, and, you know, it's interesting. One of my good friends, Professor Robert Sugar Crossan, um, he's an amazing martial artist. When, uh, when people say, when he says, hey, how you doing, people will say, oh, I'm doing okay. And he say, no, it's great and getting better. And his students have to say, great and getting better, sir. Um, you know, because, you know, we, we say fake it till you make it. We say practice what you preach. And sometimes people, and this is the bad reality, and, and you know, I, I hate this, is that, um, you know, the news is, is such a negative action within our lives you know um, my daughter and I laugh about it where they'll say you know bus crash you know 10 people die house fire film at 11 and then the reporter smiles and I'm like going who is looking forward to that like are you going right. to be that excited to hear that like and how does it really change who you are um, yeah, it's always good to know what's going on around you, but do I need to know that six people were beheaded in, you know, uh, you know, somewhere in the Middle East? 
I mean, it just depresses me in my world. And then that, if I'm feeling bad or feeling angry or feeling scared, then everyone around me is feeling it. So we have to be careful about what we take in, garbage in, garbage out, right, kind of mindset. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you 100%. But I, but I, I, I mean, I, I love the PMA. I love the positive mental attitude, but there is a caveat to that. And, and it, you know, you, obviously you need to be pragmatic with it. Um, and not lie to yourself. You know, if your if your business is going into bankruptcy, you can't say everything is going great. I, I, you just you can't do that. Um, right. I, I mean, I suppose you could, but it, it's not right. And so, right. I just want to put a little disclaimer on that. And and you know, what we're not preaching here is a positive mental attitude in 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 a in a way that you're wearing these rose colored glasses and everything uh, is uh, is rosy because you know obviously it isn't. But you yeah. choose to focus on the things that are, you know, are going right, and you are realistic with regards to the things that are going wrong, and you're going to look at ways to fix that. I mean, I, I look at the fact, yeah, is it is it uh, frustrating that you know I've got bees in my studio, and that we have to overcome that obstacle? Yes, but I'm just thankful that I have a studio. Uh, I'm thankful for the the job and the career that I have, and this is one little small hurdle that we're just going to get over. And right. there are bigger, bigger, there are bigger, bigger hurdles that you have to get over uh, in your, you know, in growing your business or even in your business life, even when your business has grown to where you want it to be or what have you. There always are going to be small little roadblocks or even big little roadblocks that you got to get over and get through. Uh, well, and, I call and, them. Call them business speed bumps, really. And, and you know, uh, one of our avid listeners is going to hear this, and I'm talking about him um, and, uh, you know, Adam. Uh, just so he'll be listening. He'll know I'm talking about. So, um, anyway, we – sometimes it's like, you know, my life is crazy. It was the worst day of my life. And I'm like, what happened? Well, I had five trials, and, you know, my program manager didn't show up, and my instructor didn't show up. But I had parents everywhere and, and students everywhere. And I'm like, dude, everything I'm hearing other than the employee and the, this guy didn't show up is positive. Schools would love to have that opportunity, love to have those frustrations, and love to have that amount of activity in in your in their school. So it really all depends on how we – focus our words. Yeah, I would have said, what a hectic day, or I would have said it was really busy today and stressful, but I wouldn't have said, oh, it's been crazy. It was a day from hell. It was the worst day of my life, you know, because that's not what I use. I don't use that kind of vocabulary. I mean, I could be on the phone and have the most frustrating call with, you know, uh, the IRS or, or a company or whatever the case may be, and I look at it all as a challenge. You know, it makes me and inspires me to be better and do better and work harder. It never, de- never depresses me and gets me me not to do stuff that I want to do. Well, and that's, yeah, uh, that's uh, your mindset. And also, it also has to do with the fact that you decide to choose to use words that are different, you know, as opposed to saying, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm so angry that I'm ready to explode or whatever, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm frustrated with the situation. I wish, I wish it was different. Right. And exactly. it's not, down, it's not downplaying it, but our words uh, are very connected to our emotions and also yeah. our actions. And people pick up on that. You know, even your students when you're teaching, uh, the words that you use and how you say them um, is is a big deal. Well, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting. It's because um, 
and it goes back to how we were brought up. So, you know, we may have been brought up within our family life where our parents or mother or father or aunts and uncles or our friends um, and their families, because of course who we hung around with we became a part of, you know, because and, and it might not have been our parents, but it might have been the families of the friends that we hung around with. So where we hear continuous stuff, that's where, um, and you know, not to go into this whole racial thing again too, but if we're around people who talk and say racial stuff, we tend to believe that there's a reality in what they're saying. Um, but really it's only a matter of perspective, right? So um, that's why I'm very upset with the way the world is right now because everyone is thinking with this segregation and separation mindset, this retaliatory, um, you know, negative uh, confrontational attitude rather than the mindset of love and compassion and empathy and realizing that we're all just the same. We're all human, whether we're white, black, you know, yellow, green, purple, brown, we're all, you know, we're all humans. And, and I love what, you know, Ben Carson, right, the presidential uh, Republican uh, GOP nominate, he said, uh, when people ask me about race, he says, I'm a brain surgeon. When I open up someone's head, it's all the same. <laughs> you know, it's the, yeah. just a brain. It's not a black brain, a white brain, a yellow brain, a it's just the brain, you know, so I don't know what you talk about. And it, it all depends on how we think about it. So here, let's segue this whole mindset into um, business. So, um, you know, shedding those anchors like I can't charge money, I don't want to be perceived as being a commercial, and that's why I hate the mentality of these people who spew McDojo, McDojo this, McDojo that, you know, um, you know, you got to get rid of the verbiage and the mindset of what you think is bad. I have people, when I teach them how to make money and be successful at their business, they feel guilty about it because in their whole life, people told them that money is evil, money is bad. Don't try to be rich because you're a bad person. Like People love Donald Trump and people are jealous of him because he's so successful. When he says, I'm rich. I'm filthy rich. He's not saying it, well, maybe he is a little, but to brag, but he's telling people, like, look, I'm rich. I don't need to rely on, you know, special this or special that. Or, uh, but he's not afraid to talk about his money and his wealth and his successes. And some people see that as being pompous or braggart and so on. Well, I remember, too, you know, even uh, you talking about a time when you had a certain vehicle and uh, people yeah. wanted to, you had, you had moms that wanted to meet with you that were like, you know, you can't drive this car we feel like we're paying for you to have this car and you're like well you do pay for me to have this car exactly yeah and i said you should see the house i live in as well <laughs> I, you know, but, but but there was a time Dwayne, where honestly i was afraid to talk about my successes because i felt like you know i came from a martial arts school where my teacher was poor you know, they would pass around a brown paper bag so that we could donate money so that you could eat or pay, you know, pay the bills. Uh, you know, there were times where I'd come in and it was this incredibly mystical martial art training by candlelight, ninjas in a ninja school in the dark, training by candlelight, you know, and it was so awesome for me only to find out later that there was no money to pay the electric bill. I mean, he did, he did the best with what he had and he created an aura around the negativity, which was awesome, but it was because he couldn't afford to have his electric 
on. So, um, you know, is it wrong to run a beautiful, successful, clean, awesome, amazing school where people show up and there's stability? Why should we feel guilty about that? Why should we be fearful of what people think? They should be thinking, I want my, and I told these parents who wanted me to drive what they called, and I'm holding up my quote fingers, a clunker. So, so they didn't feel like I was paying, they were paying for my car. I said, well, you want your kids to emulate and look up to a guy who's in a clunker, or do you want them to be driving a Ferrari? And they go like, wow, that's my sensei. He's a successful person. He's used his martial arts in his business, and he's done this and blah, 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 you know, and now I want to be like him. Him, or at least I want to have the freedom to do what he does, you know, but, but they thought I should be poor, come, you know, barely making it to school, you know, it didn't make sense to me. Well, and you're right, it, it boils down to the upbringing, and, and uh, it, in this conversation, it reminds me of a book by uh, T. Harv Eker, um, I think it's called Money Blueprint, um, and it, there's some esoteric stuff in there that he goes off a little bit of the rail, but I mean, if you read it for the content, I, I, I believe it's very, very good. Um, so if you're right. looking for a book to kind of help you with your money blueprint um, and understanding, you know, why you know you have this idea of, of about money being evil or um, you know you never save or you always spend and stuff like that. It's a really good book um, because. You do every. We all have a. We have that money blueprint, or we have a pleasure blueprint. You know that I want to please people, or I, I care about what they say. And and some people may not deal with that. Some people could care less about what other people say. And but they maybe have you know uh, something in, in in a different area. And it's important for us to have the conversation uh, with ourselves and find out those areas that we need to overcome, and understand that it, number one, it's okay that we have them. Um, it's not our fault because we were shaped a certain way by the influences that were around us when we were kids and then young adults. And then, but now we have a choice. Now we can consciously make that decision to, you know, when times are a little slow, you're still saying, yeah, you know, my, my business is booming. And, um, but, but get on the work in order to you know, make sure that that happens, that, that it is booming. Or, you know, for me, like today, I've got these obstacles that are stacked up against me and you know I'm looking at it as yeah I don't want to have to take care of these things but I'm I'm actually glad that I have what I have in order to take care of it and if if uh, some of these problems didn't come up uh, it w it wouldn't actually be real life uh, it would be a fairy tale and you know I I know that and I understand that I mean even from the fact that you take there's been some school owners that have had, had their students or excuse me their instructors do things um and their studios at jeopardy because of what the instructor somebody else you know that, that that works for you did um but you have to you have to go over that speed bump whether it's a big one or whether it's a little one and the you know the other thing too i would kind of add and i'll give you an exact one i don't know if i ever shared this on the air uh, with anybody uh i mean i've shared it personal one-on-one -on -one, but you have to change your verbiage and you have to stop hanging around those people that when you tell a story to, they're commiserating with you because right. you, you don't need that. You need somebody that says, oh, man, that does suck, but, you know, and, and they help you. You need somebody that's going to encourage you. So I don't know if I've shared this or not, but I, I had an instructor one time that worked for me that uh, I can remember the night we sat and um, – uh, we were closing it down, and he was talking with me a little while, and then he left, and 
uh, that night and nothing unusual about the conversation that night, you know, just nothing. He left and then I was there for a little bit longer and I left. Well, come to find out that evening, he left, he went home, he lived with his parents with his his two kids and he put his kids to bed, uh, grabbed his shotgun and went out to his girlfriend's house. His girlfriend was living with her mom. Well, at that house, his girlfriend was there. The mom was there. One of his girlfriend's friends was there with their one of their, their little kids. Well, he first held them hostage for a while. Then he let the friend and the girl, you know, like the little bitty girl, I don't know how old she was, maybe seven, eight, whatever, uh, let her go, right? And they went down about a quarter of a mile, a third of a mile to a um, uh, um, well, not a police station, but a fire station and told them what had happened. Well, of course, the police get called. Police get there. There's a standoff. He ends up killing the mom, his girlfriend, and then turned the gun on himself. Hmm. So I wake up next day to this. You think you had a bad day, right? <laughs> I wake up the next day to this. I don't even remember how I was told. I It was on the news or something, and I heard his name. Um. I don't remember. But anyways, uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, my studio is going to close. I am going to lose everybody. I mean, he was my head guy at the time. Um, And so I went to a friend who owns a business in town here, and I said, hey, look, um, how do I, you know, and uh, he helped me draft a letter. I also went to my mom, who was a social worker, and said, you know, look, we need to get a social worker in um, we need to offer that to people. And so we came up with this plan and we met it head on. And it, you know what? And all said and done, it was, it, it, it's, it, I thought it was, and it really was, it was a huge speed bump, but it really was a small one because I had people around me that were, you know, not commiserating with me that were like, hey, look, here's what we need to do. And I don't know that I was commiserating too much, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, that was huge. And and I, I have fortunately had people there to help me through that. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've had some situations that were crazy, you know, some not as crazy as that. But, uh, you know, it's it's amazing at, you know, so again, you know, it, it, it goes back to that whole mindset of what, you know, people see and believe and hear and perceive as it being whatever it is here. This is the other caveat of other, or not caveat, the other part of what we were talking about. Like when students quit and and they just disappear silently like a ninja in the night and they go away, when we would love for them to just come and meet with us and chat, um, maybe talk to us about what's bothering them. Maybe let us attempt to help them through their struggle, but they don't. They just quit and disappear. And I, I was talking about this the other day with a client. I said, students fear us. They, they're afraid of us, and they're afraid to quit with us. So, um, but it's not us that they fear as these fierce, dangerous martial art fighters. They fear what we represent as an individual, someone with discipline and, and respect and loyalty and courtesy and, uh, you know, wherewithal um, and, you know, stick to you know, never giving up, never quitting and all that other stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, they don't want to come and face us because they know, one, they feel embarrassed that they are quitting. Number two, they know we're going to talk to them and talk sensibly about why they shouldn't quit. And, and three, um, they would rather just quietly go away than face all that stuff because it conjures up pain in their lives. 
lives, maybe uh, areas where they shouldn't have quit before. You know, maybe, and I just wrote an article on my Facebook page today. It's called I Quit. I did. I saw that, yeah. And I've, I've, I posted that thing ten times, and it's all about those kids that, you know, parents that let their kids quit, but then I, you know, they they later on resent the fact that their parents allowed that to happen. So it's it's sad though that you know they're they're not parents are not educated enough to understand because they can't see into the future. They don't have a crystal ball. However, we do because we've seen it. We've lived this lifestyle. I've been open for 25 years this November. Um, so I've seen literally people's lives change and they grow up and the kids become doctors and lawyers and politicians and so on. Um, so, but I could tell a parent that the martial arts has helped them because I've lived it, but they don't know that. So when they, they quit, their mindset is, let's just go away. I don't want to address the situation. I don't want to talk to him about it because he's going to try to change my mind, you know, that, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah so you know, you, I, I, well, here's yeah, here's here's what I because I read your I read that post today, um, and what here's what it made me think of, and I guess maybe I this is the way that my mind works is I I always try to find a, an uh, an actionable thing out of right. the situation, you know. So when I read that, I thought, my gosh, I don't know that I have that exact same story, but I got to have it somewhere from somebody. Oh yeah, um, and it and, and if not, I might just steal yours, but. Here was yeah. my thought with it is that um, I strategically take that um, letter or that concept and I put it into my program, meaning that a letter like that gets mailed out to right. my, uh, my students or my, the parents and saying, hey, just giving them a heads up saying this, this, probably might be your future at some point where your child is saying they don't want to come because of X, Y, or Z, or A, B, or C. And let me tell you a little story about the, the two students that I ran into the other day or the, 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 you know, the two different students I ran into last year. And, I mean, you could put it in a story form, too. I was just kind of think of it as a very creative way to actually get the message across to empower the parents. And then not only, um, not only that, but then saying, giving them the ammunition to, you know, so educate them, educate the parents in that this is going to happen. Uh, if it doesn't happen, your child's abnormal, but it's okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then giving, give them the actual responses that they need to be saying to their child in, in a couple of different scenarios, if that makes sense, so that the parent is equipped and they actually have ammunition when it does uh, occur. So, like, when I read that, I was like, yeah, how can I take that and adopt it and use it uh, to make sure that my parents are educated? In, and I have some things, but I yeah. love the way that was. I love the way that that was uh, laid out. So, anyways, well, I, you know, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I actually have that in my entreport on my second letter that people get within our two four six eight ten week call process. So the first letter is a welcome letter, and I actually, uh, yeah, first letter is welcome. Uh, thank you for joining. The second letter is our first two-week call. The, this, the, the third letter, which is at the four-week mark, is that I quit letter. And I do actually educate them, and I call it self-defense because it's martial arts self-defense for the parent where they are, you know, able to see, uh, you know, that there are tools that we supply them with. And one of them is the mindset to not allow that to happen, right? So, yeah. So 
people, you know, so a parent doesn't know any better. Um, you know, that there you go, and, and you know, they're, they're not, they're ignorant, and I say that in a, a, humbly, a humble and loving way, that they don't well, know... Yeah, ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. So you're not exactly. That's what I mean. I don't mean most people. If you said you're ignorant, they get mad at you. But you know, I don't know anything about physics, so I'm ignorant to it. You know, I I know the word, but I don't know how to do it. You know, so I'm ignorant to it. But people take that as a real you know uh, put down. But anyway, so my point being is that um, you know, if we educate our parents and we give them the tools. So that when Johnny wants to quit, when Johnny doesn't like it anymore, when Johnny is bored, um, then we we have those tools. We're able to really help them um, succeed, right? And that that's important. Uh, and uh, you know, if if we stop them from allowing their child to quit because they read that story or that article or whatever the case may be, then we've just given them mental self defense for their child, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I have I have well, another great article I wrote on tournaments. You know, I get parents, they go to a tournament first time, they don't have a good experience, they quit, they never come back. Some of them actually quit the dojo because they didn't like what happened. And I wrote, it took me 22 tournaments as an adult, and I've had four black belts. When I started competing with my teacher, Shion Vasquez, I'd go and I'd compete, and I'd come back with my head held low, and I'd say, Shion, what did I do wrong? He's like, don't worry, man, you just got to keep on going. And, you know, after 21 tournaments or 22 tournaments, I think it was 21, I finally started to win. And then once I won, I was a national champion, and I went into the black belt division, and I won every single time. Um, and I became a national champion. But that's because I didn't give up for 21 times. I'm a stubborn individual. However, most parents, they, one time they try, they have a bad experience. They sit around too long. Johnny doesn't win. He doesn't get a trophy. It's my fault. I didn't prepare him. I, I'm not a good sensei. Look at those dojos. They're much better than ours. They're winning. Like, give me a break, people. Learn, practice, get better. Find out why you're not winning and work on it. You know, same thing with the business. Some of my clients whine about why their business isn't doing well. Well, let's work on the business. Let's not just hope that it, you know, it happens overnight. Snap your fingers and poof, there it is. It needs, it takes hard work. Well, and sometimes it work on the person too. And and right. and, and you know, your business will only thrive as is is. And, and go only go as high as you are as an individual uh, able to go that high. So. You know, when we talk about uh, using different verbiage, uh, having a different mindset, uh, surrounding yourself with people that are going to encourage you, not discourage you. I mean, that's right. what we're talking about. Uh, I mean, there's other things, too. Uh, heck, even picking up that book uh, by T. Harv Eker, uh, The Money Blueprint, I think is what it's called. Uh, just to have a different perspective on money uh, for yourself would be great. I know we're running out of time here, so is there any last nuggets or anything that you want to you know our call, say before our call, we let everybody go our calls are always filled with tons of little golden nuggets and i you know i can't wait uh, just a quick release a selfless plug uh, is uh you know we're going to be releasing something pretty big pretty soon that's going to really change the industry and the mindset of the martial industry or martial art industry i'm going to be excited to get that out there because i just can't wait to help people that's our goal and i really can't wait to share that knowledge and mindset with others well, and I couldn't agree more. And I just want to let everybody know, obviously, you can uh, get this on iTunes and, you know, the podcast on iTunes. You can go to secrets, uh, excuse me, schoolownertalk.com uh, and, uh, you know, get more, more information. If you have an Android device, you can also obviously um, get the, um, the plugins that you need or the apps that you need in order to 
have access to the podcast as well. And um, that's it. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. And, Allie, I appreciate your time. And I know that we kind of try to tackle two subjects at once here with regards to, you know, the mindset of, of uh, and anchors that hold us down as, as business owners or, or as people um, in general. But then, you know, some of those same anchors are the, the same, you know, things that are holding our students down and, you know, getting them to quit. So I right. appreciate you uh, kind of bringing light to that. Right, exactly, without a doubt. Well, good call. I'm really happy to be on it with you. And everybody, enjoy and please share this with others. And uh, have an amazing, amazing week.